up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Chicken Moan Alley, brought to you by SRI Performance Stock Car Steel and Aluminum, Draco Springs, RK Motorsports Consultant, our buddy Randy Keene, and Earl Ramey Racing Ninjas. What's up, guys and gals? I'm David. I'm Sterling. What's up, y'all? What it is, what it is. Another week. We are in the summer now. It is officially summer. We 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 had, you know, our two weeks of spring. It was lovely too. We enjoyed We enjoyed, enjoyed it while it lasted. Bit. Yeah, it was uh it's getting there, man. It's gonna be ninety nine, ninety seven yeah. Wednesday. Hot. hot. That's what it's gonna be. Hot. Shoo. And Kale talking about we talked to him the other day. Kale loves it. He wants to he just he loves the hot I don't like it that hot. No. Nah. Sorry, Kale. No. Nah. A good a good good eighty, eighty two degree day is perfect. Yeah, she's about just right. So. Sure is, but yeah, man, we've had some some dry <laughs> days, that's for sure. So it's been, it has been dry for well, sure. Well, we were just out of the baseball field, and I thought it was going to get rain for a second. And I was like, nah, there, uh, Kayla was talking about, I'm going to get wet. I'm like, nah, it's good. <laughs> it's it, good. It like three <laughs> drops. Yeah, that's all it was. And it was gone. Uh, and it got hotter. Yeah, it got hot. It, it it brought just enough humidity with it. Yeah, and from those three drops, it, it made a difference. But yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's been good though, man. Yeah. We've had a had a pretty wide open week as always. Um Friday was fun. Has a had a little had a little get together and a little cook out. Yeah, had some leg quarters. Was we still on break my first week back at work. The barbecue and yeah, that was my whole reason. <laughs> was that it? That was it. <laughs> oh well. I didn't know that. Good. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Good time for sure. And uh had to go back to the to the grinding stone on Saturday night. Yeah, well <laughs> all right. Well let's go back to Friday real quick. Had a little little get together over here and, and, and actually being a end up being a bunch of people who ride motorcycles that that came over. A bunch of friends. So in the middle of it we're like I had some parts for my motorcycle, so I was like, well, let's work on it. <laughs> let's tear it down. <laughs> let's put a lowering kit on it and all that. I will say, I think we did it in like a regular time, though. Oh, we definitely did. It was quick. Quick. Sure was. Which we're going to have to move it back up, though, but a little bit. Yeah, scraping a little bit. Scrapping. On, um, these, on these wonderful um, off-road roads we got fine. here. He's finally, South Carolina. finally graded roads that we have in South Carolina. Jam up. I think I ride, ride off on the, like. I thought you were trying. On the, last on the side of the <laughs> well, I would advise you, everybody, do not ride a motorcycle with no glasses at night. Don't do it. I thought you were trying to see how close you could just ride on the line or in the grass I, for a while. Yeah, I think it would have been smoother over there, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whew, them, them bugs was huge, but a couple of them, I swear, was a pterodactyl. I don't know, but. It was See, large. I didn't, I didn't get hit by any bugs. Oh my goodness, I did. Dude, they were killing me. Coming up through your little vent. That's what I reckon. <laughs> I don't know, but they were hitting me like crazy. But anyway, anyway, before we get into all that, yeah. So Friday night we did all that. So that was that was interesting. And uh I guess we do have to say uh congratulations to our buddy uh David Stark. Yeah, David Tamar. Tamar. They are officially engaged. Yeah. So yeah. Congratulations to them. I don't know when that'll uh when it'll be, but I'm sure we'll be um shindigging down with them for that. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool, pretty neat. Um yeah. Then Saturday we had to like Sterling said, get back to the grindstone of wedding DJ stuff. 
Let me tell you about this interesting night we had. <laughs> well, and it, d- well, two parts of it were interesting. The middle part was, in all honesty, I hope they're not listening, but it was quite boring. It was one of the most boring weddings I remember going to in a long time. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, But, all right, normally, it, I don't know why it works this way, it just has always worked this way. No, no rhyme or reason behind it, but normally I have the keys to the trailer. Well, uh, last week, I rode my motorcycle every day to work and everywhere. I literally did not drive my truck last week at all. And uh, so, it's got a trunk and saddlebags and all that stuff, so it, it's easier. I don't want to have stuff in my pockets to possibly fall out. So, I put my keys and all that stuff in the trunk on the motorcycle. Well, this wedding we had was probably one of the farthest away weddings we've done in a long time. Uh, was in Andrews, South Carolina, kind of in the middle of nowhere. But it oh, yeah. was very pretty out there. I will say that. It was, it was very yeah, it was a nice place. It was a nice place. Um, we pull up. As soon as I pull up, I reach in my pockets. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got my keys eh, in the motorcycle still. <laughs> <laughs> Which was an hour and a half away. Yeah. And and we had about an hour before the wedding started. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, crap. And I said, Sterling, and I, know, I did remember, I was like, I gave you a key to this trailer a while back. Do you have it? And he's like, I don't know if I got it. Well, he goes, looks in the truck, finds a set of keys, bring it back there. Thank God it had the key on it. That's so, it. So I saved the day. See? Sa- you saved the day. Saved the day. The one time you use your key. Every- <laughs> Ever, ever. <laughs> the second <laughs> so, time I used so, my Yeah, so oh, we man. do the wedding. We get about done, and Sterling pulls the trailer back up there. And I didn't really see what happened. All I know is I'm standing there, and you come walking up to me, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I broke the key off in the lock <laughs> with it still locked. <laughs> so we're really SOL at that point. So we're here trying to we're, we're doing surgery on this thing. We got doing everything we can to try to get the uh-uh, it ain't because it's one of these like tamper proof locks. <laughs> and I will say I'll give it to them. It's a pretty daggum good lock because nothing we did would open that lock. Not anything we had. There was no easy getting into it after the key was broke off in it. Yeah. So uh, fortunately, I, I'm I'm really glad that we downsized equipment back at the. What was that in the last year, I guess? Yeah, whenever it was, yeah. But I'm really glad we did that because uh, we we had to end up loading everything in Sterling's truck. <laughs> we got a trailer behind us. It's empty. No, we got everything in the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we, and we literally just got the lock off here about an hour ago. Yeah, I'd take a cut off wheel that joker. It wasn't, <laughs> we weren't getting it off no other way. So we got a new lock now. And that's a it's a good old master key master lock, and we both got keys, so we'll see if we can see how it works out next time for us. Oh, that was funny. So at least a wedding got done. At least, at least uh, we wouldn't. Uh, which I didn't know if we were going to do because we get there, and in our contracts it says that they're supposed to rec- uh, provide us with uh, at least like two outlets, an area with at least two outlets at it. We get there, we're under a tent. 
no power. <laughs> I'm like, Zero power. Uh, yeah, y'all know we got to have power to run this. <laughs> yeah, and the house was what fifty yards from us, probably. Yeah, and these young guys there, which they were, they were big help. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but they were like, I think we got some drop cords. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, so we get some drop cords, and they don't have no ground. The the, uh, the the ground port whatever post whatever yeah he pulls out a drop cord for Christmas lights I think <laughs> <laughs> oh we made it work out though we lost power one time but other than that we were good they couldn't have the air conditioner on in the bathroom with us also running sound <laughs> <laughs> oh it was a it was a it was a mess but we made it work out yeah and uh, did all that and got home and. Uh, Got up with early morning service on Sunday, and we were planning on having us a little ride, motorcycle. Yes, um, we were, and I, I will tell y'all this. I don't know what happened, but I woke up with my ankle swole up like I don't know what, and I couldn't hardly walk on it. I know what happened. Uh, what happened? You're getting old, bro. You, okay. You, all, you got all kind of, you got oh, something from head to toe, bro. Well, I'm telling you, that's, that's, can't have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have nothing. You know, I, th- I think I think it's funny now. We go ride a motorcycle. Years ago, <laughs> we just go ride. Won't worry about it. Now we got to stop at CVS and get pain medicine, and sunscreen, and all this right here before we go ride anywhere. <laughs> we get sunscreen, you still get burnt. I still got only on my left side though. It's really weird. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you was leaning too much to the I, right. Apparently, obviously, but great day. But my left my left arm is fried. All right, so let's tell you about this ride we had. Um. Like I said, went to church, left church, and uh, we was going to go ride a little bit. A little bit turned into a lot of bit. Yeah, we, uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with where we're at, but we left Florence and headed to uh, Charleston, and which was uh, the way we went. It was about two and a half hours, roughly, the way we went. So went to Sullivan's Island and um, Isle of Palms, real pretty place, a little island out there, and... Um, Went downtown there, messed around a little bit, and then we headed back towards Georgetown, which was another what? It was hour hour and a half, I think. Yeah, it was. something like that. That was a nice ride though, coming back from there. It was that was pretty. One road, seventeen all the way. Yep. Get on seventeen and hold it straight. And so. it was newly paved the majority of the way. Yeah, it was nice. Really was. <laughs> and um so yeah, did that, went to Georgetown, got some more fuel and went on went on to the beach and got us something to eat there and and headed back, but three hundred right at three hundred and fifty miles. That's a good little haul in one day. Yeah, especially being that we, yeah, I, we've had motorcycles a long time. We took the big loop, big big loop. We've had motorcycles since we were just out of high school, but never have I ridden three hundred fifty miles in one day ever. Which I think the motorcycles that we had back in the day weren't going to ride. We didn't want to ride them three hundred fifty miles. No, I didn't want to ride thirty five miles. They they were they were. Uh... Well, in the motorcycle world, I think they call them like bar hoppers because that's about all they were good for is going from yeah, oh yeah. short point to short point. <laughs> there was, my bike was strutted. There was no shock. There was nothing. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was a rough bike for sure. So, um, but a lot better than what we have now for sure. I like it. Enjoy it. I, I, I'm not sore at all from riding. No, not it was really, really surprising. Uh, I was kind of figured we would be, but <laughs> cruise control changes that a lot. <laughs> it does, man. It, it is wonderful. Um, you can mm. you can sit back and enjoy riding with that yep. on. You sure can. Yeah, you sure can. So we had a good time. It was a pretty day. It was a little bit warm, but 
kept going there. It was pretty, um, perfect day really to ride. So, um, got home a little later than we were anticipating, but we kind of kept riding, kept riding. So, but it was good. It was fun. We got all the good out of that day. Yeah. Every bit of it. All of it. And so, uh, yeah, that was fun for sure. And, um, we got to catch a little bit of the cup race. One of our stops. Yeah. You'll see a little bit of that, but, uh. Yeah, we stayed, we stayed going by. We didn't stop much. No. Just riding. Riding. Riding, riding, riding with all the yeah. all the crazies down in Charleston. Whew. I'm going to tell you, everywhere else, Myrtle Beach, we coming from Florence, coming through King Street, Lake City, uh, George, when we come back up through Georgetown, Myrtle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach even, as, as touristy as that place is. Traffic wasn't bad at all, and but the people weren't driving crazy. You get in Charleston, these people drive like absolute morons. Yeah, for sure. Crazy. We passed one exit, and I think there was four or five cars sitting there that had just all run into the back of each other. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. And a Jeep about come over on me and yeah. somebody else and somebody turned right in front of you, no blinker, no nothing. No no brake lights, no nothing. Nothing. It was, it was you gotta watch your back in Charleston, that's Ain't for sure. Kidding. People crazy down there. <sighs> but anyway, it was a fun ride once we uh well, I mean it was fun all the way down there. Then turn and come back up and it was really cool. Really cool, really good ride, good day. Yeah, absolutely. Sure was. <sighs> Looking forward to the next one. Yep. Kayla said I can't go on too many without her. Hey, she can come on. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's the good thing about this bike. I can put somebody on the back of her, put her on the back of her. She's going to be about the only one her landing. Yeah, I would. I, <laughs> her landing. So, yeah, she's going to narrow much that down to <laughs> her. Her. <laughs> her landing. That's going to be about it. And yeah. It's still comfortable. That's what I like about it. So, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. So that was good. We got some, uh, what we, what we, we eat some senior frogs. Yeah. yeah well, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was. Mine was pretty good. Well, you had like every meat that was ever I had the ever barbecue been... combo. Mine was not Mexican related at all. I, nah, I didn't see <laughs> nothing Mexican on your plate. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that you had every type of meat that they make. I was making sure I got all my, all my food categories there. Got <laughs> you all your food categories? Yeah, meat. <laughs> I had potatoes too. Had oh some, yeah, had some, had some, some tater, tater wedges. Tater wedges. They were even barbecue. I was like, dang. Well, they wouldn't barbecue, but the barbecue sauce was on everything, so it just kind of got on them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the corn was barbecued. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looked like. It <laughs> yeah. Cool place though. If y'all ever are in the area, uh, Broadway at the beach down there, go check it out. We were gonna go to Margaritaville, which is really cool too. But Sterling don't like to wait five minutes. No, there was nowhere to see it. So I. Mm-mm. <laughs> Nah, let's go. So yeah, let, me, let me tell y'all something. Though. I told Sterling this yesterday while we were walking around. Well, while we were walking just to the restaurant, because that's literally all we did. We walked in Broadway, walked to the restaurant, turned around, walked back out when we were done. Um, people at Myrtle Beach apparently do not care what they wear in public or what they don't wear in public. No, but it's... Whew. It is, uh, <laughs> I'm about to bring my mask back out and put it over my eyes. I'm you, telling you. Jesus, bro, you, you can't, whew. 
it's kind of rough down there now. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. They, they don't, uh, the dress code needs to come back out. Some of these Golly. places. I mean, great day. Some of these people are wearing stuff that I go catch bait fish with. Like, yeah. I saw like, one woman. And I ain't trying to pick on her, but, well, I kind of am, I guess. <laughs> she was wearing what looked like, um, I know y'all probably, uh, I know you've seen them, start, well, heard of them anyway, them Spanx, which are basically like underwear that kind of are real tight, kind of pull everything together. Yeah. Hers were kind of flesh-toned. That's what color they were. Really? And that just looked like what she was wearing for shorts. Really? I didn't see that. Uh, it, it, you didn't miss anything. I promise. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, I'm... I just happened to catch it, and I was like, oh, God, oh, God. Um, yeah, I, dude, I'm telling you, man, people, people, uh, they're, um, what do you call it? They're self, uh, um, uh, you, you self-conscious. <laughs> they're not. There is none of that anymore. I'll be honest with you. Woo. <laughs> Modesty. Nah, forget that. Oh, but anyway, so back to the weekend of racing. There was a whole lot of news come out this week. I mean, it, it was, uh kind of eventful week for racing i know y'all have heard probably a lot about it and stuff um but i want to go back first before we even get into much anything there's some news that came out a few weeks ago about uh ride opening up at a viper motorsports and uh which was kind of surprising to us um in the you know on the dirt racing side that they it was Viper's kind of been a big team, especially these past few years. Um, and uh, had some good finishes, a few wins. Um, so ride opened up, and when we heard who was going in it, uh, we was like, "Man, that's pretty cool, pretty cool." Uh, Max Blair gonna be jumping in that car. Um, so anyway, and also we heard they were hooking up with SRI for some, you know, partnership there. So. Our buddy Randy Keen, uh, it was funny because I was thinking about it and he was thinking about it both. It was like we need to get them on on, on the show, and I was like, yes. So I'll tell y'all now. This was actually recorded a little earlier, late late last week. Um, we had a uh, Sean Martin from Viper Motorsports call in. We recorded an interview with him, so uh, here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a individual on here tonight. Well, we're kind of going through the list now, Sterling. We uh we've had drivers, we've had spotters for asphalt side, we've had fans, we've had iRacing racing guys, all that stuff. We, well, we get to add another one on on here tonight. We get car owner Sweet. on the list, Sean Martin with Viper Motorsports. Sean, what's going on, man? Hey, you guys doing tonight? Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Man, what you been up to? Um, getting ready to go massively racing here lately. There's uh, my, my, my Viper Motorsports team has eight races the next 11 nights, so that's pretty busy. Nice. Um, we have uh, the Huey and Billy Basic Memorials here at Port World Speedway with the World Racing Group in my backyard this weekend that uh, me and my wife are part of the promotion of um, a really good deal for a great cause. Billy, uh, Billy and Huey were a huge advocate for the sports up here in the Northeast. 
um, over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And um, I had the greatest pleasure of working with Billy on several projects. And uh, tragically, the Northeast lost both of them to uh, to very tragic accidents here. And uh, this weekend is to be the third running of the Billy Vasek Memorial. And uh, it's a cool deal to have the be- the greatest show on dirt come in to, to promote the event at one of the premier racetracks in the country, the Port Royal Speedway, where Billy's home was. And, and just to be a part of that is, is, is something special for, for me and my wife, the, the motorsports company and the, and the family. Um, other than that, the business is really busy on the risk management side and I do not get a chance to play enough golf. <laughs> None of us do, man. None of us do. I see. And I'm terrible at golf. So, uh, I like top golf though. That's, that's awesome. My first experience with Hop Golf happened this year uh, in, a, in a trip to Florida. Um, we were down visiting some family in the Jacksonville area, and my wife found where there was a top there was a Top Golf in the area. So uh, we called over there to make. Apparently, you got to have a reservation for that whole deal. Oh yeah, and yeah, they like said for the. Oh yeah, it was sold out for three days, but they had a cancellation a few minutes before we called. So they're like, if you get here in fifteen minutes, you 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 can have this spot. Um, so I told my wife, whatever she was thinking about doing, cancel it. Like that's what we're going to go do. Um, so we went over there and they were the worst golf clubs in the planet (laughs) trying to tee off of this, this mat, but I haven't had that much fun drinking beer in a, in a, in a setting like that ever. That's what, that's what we said. It's like bowling, but golf. I mean, it is. How cool is it? You can drink beer, eat nachos, and take a bad golf club and swing at circles on the ground. <laughs> exactly it's just a cool deal. <laughs> Somebody was a genius that came up with that idea. I'd like to know how much money the person is who's running that organization because I can assure you they've got more than all of us. I promise <laughs> yeah. you that. Oh, uh, and they don't own a race car, so you know those people know how to spend money wisely. Hey, but maybe they need to sponsor a car. That's what they need to do. You you have no idea how tempting it is to call their corporate office every day. I think about it. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, cool deal, man. Uh, you talk about Port Royal. Y'all are uh, helping with some promotions over there. Go go a little more in depth with that. What are y'all? Uh, what are you actually doing over there? Um, Viper Motorsports Company got involved in, in uh, what was interested in getting involved in the promotion side of the sport, like putting on some higher paying races for the late models in the Northeast the last couple of years, because up here in the Northeast, this is more or less known as sprint car country. And the lay models have come on very strong up here as far as car counts and growth and popularity. And one of the common denominators for people being, you know, a little uh, disadvantaged, I guess you could say, is the lay models have always sort of taken a backseat being like a, a support class to a 410 sprint car up here. When, you know, the, the car counts are kind of changing in superiority to the late models up here and, and their popularity. Um, and the tracks have really taken recognition of it, but it didn't seem like we were getting purses where they needed to be. For example, you go down south where, where you guys are at and you can go run an ultimate or class race or southern all-star race. You, I mean, typically you're always running for $4,000 or more to win in, in one of those settings. And you guys have a bunch of $10,000 races down your way. Well, up here in the Northeast... Some some of these tracks and and people and and fans and spectators and teams were like, well, they're paying three thousand dollars to win tonight, and you show up and there's fifty cars. It it it's a little absurd. So we wanted to get involved in trying to bring better paying late model races to the area. So uh, we were working with Lincoln Speedway in Hanover, Pennsylvania, a couple years ago 
to do one of our very, uh, very first promotions. It was going to be military based and themed for uh, first responders and supporters in the military. And then Billy Vasek tragically died in that accident. Um, so we, we changed the, uh, the theme of that race. And it was the very first inaugural Billy Vasek Memorial. Um, what we basically have done is it was partnered with the facilities, um, raise money through sponsorships for the race to, to pad the purses of the race. Like this weekend, it was supposed to be a 10 and 10, 10,000 win Friday, 10,000 win Saturday. And through the support of sponsorships of some really wonderful people and businesses throughout the Northeast, we were able to raise enough money to move that entire purse from a 10,000 to win to 15,000 to win on Saturday um, and, and pay heat race winners and hard chargers first non-qualify. I think this weekend, the world of outlaws at Port Royal Speedway, I think going to the racers this weekend is somewhere close to $120,000. Wow. That's nice. That's huge. Um, I mean, there there's, there's not many places you can go in the country where that much money is going out in, in two to in two days all to the racer. Um, so that it was a dream on. I wanted to be involved in another aspect of the sport. Um, the promoting side interests me because I thought putting on better races for the racers and giving money, you know, giving more money to the racers was a, was a goal and a, and an admiration. So me and my wife have just worked really hard to do that. Um, we've added a couple shows. We've added the junior Eckert Memorial last year, at trailway speedway where they broke their attendance record on the race. That that was a phenomenal deal. Um, where Rick Eckert and his entire family, where they first started racing, where they grew up racing, got to return to their home track to to put on a super late model race there for the first time in like 15, 20 years that they were there. Um, and again, that race paid six thousand dollars to win and, and had over, I think it was thirty two or thirty three thousand dollar total purse. Um, Nice. So that that's that's kind of what's going on with that. Pro- we 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 partner with the tracks. Uh, the Ward of Outlaws come in and help us with the the Billy Basic Huey Huey Wilcox Memorials. And the end goal is is what can me and my wife do to advocate with the supporting cast to find more ways to put money in the racers' pockets. Well, man, that is awesome, and that is that's so cool. And, and me and Sterling's talked about this before. Uh, the racing community as a as a whole, for the most part is an awesome community for stuff like you're doing and helping out with these tracks and helping get money into racers pockets. But, but not only that, but doing it for a great cause too. Yeah. The, these, these events that we've, we've become a part of are celebrating the lives of some very special people um, that we certainly don't want their legacies and, and their, uh, their influence that they brought to the sport to go to the wayside. It's, it's very easy in a sport like ours for somebody that meant a lot to the sport to pass away and sort of their legacy and heritage go to the wayside. Um, I, I just, I wanted to see what we could do to bring better paying races with some memorial events up here with some people that really influenced the sport up here. And Billy basic, Huey Wilcoxon, you know, junior Eckert, Rick Eckert's dad, you know, the hall of famer. Um, it's, it's just a really cool thing to be able to do that. Um, there's very few things you can do for good of the cause in today's world where somebody appreciates a little bit of effort to do something good. Um, I, the, the appreciation from the actual race car drivers for somebody willing to take their time and commit to helping them make a better paying purse for all those racers is something me and my wife have really enjoyed. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, 
I want to go back with you a little bit. Uh, well, good bit, I guess. Uh, tell us where you got your start in, in, in racing in general. Um, I was very little when my parents took me to Lincoln Speedway for the very first time. I think I was seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. I went and saw a sprint car race at Lincoln Speedway on Saturday night in Hanover, Pennsylvania. And just fell in love with the sport and all through, you know, my grade school and, and uh, college years, just kept going and stayed with it. And when um, I opened, uh, when I opened my first business up, but, you know, wanted to be more involved and a lot of my friends were still involved, um, got involved with sponsoring um, a 360 sprint car. And that, that's sort of where it took off back in 2007 and eight. It started with a 360 spring car, Chris Coyle, um, a really good 360 racer, URC racer. Um, and from there, it's just grown into eventually owning our own, our own race car team. That's awesome. Just, just a passion and love for the sport. I, I just love it. It, I don't know. I guess there's certain that you go. Some people love baseball. Some people love football. Some people are diehard at, at pool. I just, I, I love racing and it just stuck with me. Um, I had, a, I have an older brother, you know, he kind of could care less about racing. I don't think he ever went to another race after he sort of stopped going with, with, with my parents at a younger age, but me, um, just stayed with it. Um, from all the, uh, you know, sponsoring to now owning, have you ever jumped in a car yourself? I have never jumped in a race car myself at all. Um, it's probably going to be far less expensive if I keep it that way. <laughs> um, I, um, there, there are some days in my head, I think I'm the best race car driver that never drove a car, but my checkbook says I'm probably smart about that. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to bet Max Blair is going to do a way better job on the winning side and, and not, and not, not tearing stuff up that I'm ever going to. So no, I've, I've thought about it. I just, I'd never done it. I, I thought maybe one day to practice something, I'd just jump in the car and go around the racetrack just to say I did it, but just never have never. And I, I enjoyed being an owner. I, I really have never had the desire to get behind the wheel of one and take it around a racetrack. That's, that, that's, that's, and that's what's cool about the sport that I hear people because you, me and Sterling were both, drivers ourselves to to some small extent anyway um and, and you know we were the complete opposite we go to a track it's, it's like man I, I i wish i was in that car i wish i was in that car but it, it takes people you know just like you and bringing on viper motorsports to make this sport go round but you just brought it up max blair it's been big news going on here for about the past few weeks max blair now in the 111 v what uh tell us how that came about well uh, max lives up here in pennsylvania um he's probably one of the better drivers in the country that's never really had a solid opportunity to to progress forward with the sport like listen it's it's no secret that this sport comes down to dollars and cents um max has made a tremendous uh strides in his racing career uh, on being a regional budget racer and i i think today if i have this number correct i he's won over 350 races in his career yes uh, i think he's he's won 
some 20, 25, some odd races a year, every year, last five years. And um, he just really has never been called or given the opportunity uh, to, to go to the next level. Cause it, again, it's about dollars and cents. It's about resources. Um, there's a lot of, you know, our sport has politics like anything else. Um, and when I was, when I wanted to make, I, I needed and, and, and wanted to make a driver change, uh, something that was better for me and my wife. Uh, Max Blair was the guy that came highly recommended and me and my wife already knew him and he was close to where we were from. So really the decision was very simple. It was just about working out the details. Um, I, well, the funny story is I was on the phone um, with, with a supporter of the, of the race team and we, I, you know, we were talking about, Hey, I'm going to make a change. Like, you know, what do you think we should do? Or should we sit the idols on fire? He said, the person I was talking to at that time said, there's really only one person you can hire and should hire. It's Max Blair. And the funny part about that story is, is that while I'm on the phone with this other individual, I sent Max a, a Instagram messenger type message through messenger and said, Hey, what's your phone number? Do you have a minute? And he responded back with his phone number and, and said, sure, you know, give me a call and you get free. Like 10 minutes before I hired Max Blair, I didn't even know I was going to call Max Blair. <laughs> That's awesome. Jesus. Um, and Max, uh, when I called Max, um, we exchanged pleasantries for a few minutes. And uh, I said, well, this is a phone call that I didn't know I was making 30 minutes ago. And you sure weren't expecting to have today but how would you like to drive the Viper Motorsports entry moving forward and then go to the national tour next year? Um, how, how would you like that opportunity? And it was kind of quiet for a second. And uh, he was like, oh, well, absolutely. But I really need to talk to my family about this. Um, so we exchanged some, some details and information. And, and, he, and he said, you know, I need to talk to everybody and make sure that you know, everybody's on the same page, but I mean, it, it, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely. So we hung up and I, you know, I figured I got some calls I need to make and he's got some calls he needs to make. I figured we'd reconvene that evening the next day. Well, it was about four minutes later. He called back and said, <laughs> yup, let's do it. <laughs> That's kind of deals I like right there. <laughs> um, yeah, literally that, that, that is the true story to Max Blair of uh, 10 minutes before I called him. I didn't even have his phone number. Wow. Um, and 10 minutes before I called him, the only time he had talked to me was really at the racetrack for like one or two sentences here and there when we saw each other. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, well, that's when, you know, his, uh, his work spoke for him. <laughs> well, the cool thing about Max Blair is he proved it on the racetrack. Exactly. Um, you know, every, if it's hard to win races, um, especially in big moments, Max has beaten the outlaws. He's been very competitive in big moments when he's had them. Um, you, you don't win the amount of races he wins every year by accident. Exactly right. You know, you, I mean, somebody every once in a while may fall into one or two here or there. It's really hard to fall into 25 a year. <laughs> so For sure. it, I think he's ready. I think he's proven he can, he's, he's beaten the outlaws on several occasions. Um, when he went to the dirt million a couple years ago, when that was at uh, somewhere in Ohio, I can't remember the name of the track. It was that big five, eight mile track in Ohio Mansfield Mansfield. Yeah. Um, you know, he qualified for that event and, and ran very well. 
So I, I think he's ready. Uh, he just had a, a baby, uh, a baby though, him and his wife just brought their second child in the world. And there was a lot going on with his situation as far as being committed to the ULMS series and, and being the point leader there and having a baby on the way. So like in the middle of the season, it was hard just to pick up and just, we'll, we'll just go to the tour and run the rest of the tour races, even though you have no points. It didn't make a lot of sense to do that. It just made more sense to, to get acquainted, get everything reorganized. Um, he had some things going on, obviously, personally, and, and with what he was dealing with. And just get things moving slowly in the right direction, get comfortable, and then when we're, we're prepared and we're ready, we'll jump back out on the road. That's what I'm talking about. And to me, that's that's probably about the smartest way to go about it. You know, get everybody acclimated to each other and the equipment and all that stuff and, and then hit it hit it hard next year. Uh, we're already halfway through this year pretty much, so hit it hard next year and be ready to roll. And I think you got some uh, – I, th- I think you got – man, I'm going to tell you, I know you know it, but I, I think you got a good driver that's going to be in that seat, and I, I think he can definitely get the job done. I think Max Blair will surprise a lot of people who haven't seen him. And for the people who have seen him know how talented he is. Um, I don't, I don't have any fear of taking him on the road next year to run that outlaw series, any fear at all that he can't go out there, win a couple of them races and be very competitive in them points. And there'll be a lot of places he goes. He's never seen, but he's also been very good when he goes places. He's never been, he, he adapts really fast. Um, a lot of my equipment was the same stuff he uses too. I use the rocket XR one cars and Clement Clemens engines. And so did he. So as far as equipment, we were on the same page with that right up front. Um, that, that made life a little easier too. And I think earlier this year, um, Kyle Strickler is a great example of it. He, he was in Longhorns last year. He got in a rocket and, and uh, things weren't going so well. He got on his, he got his Longhorn out and he won a couple races at Volusia. Next thing you know, he's running with the outlaws and Longhorns when his, his car owner originally set out to run with the Lucas and rockets. Yeah. Um, so in this situation, there's no real equipment familiarity to get used to. It's all the same stuff. Um, again, another factor that what made it kind of easier. Yeah, for sure. So no, I, I I think Max Blair has a has a really bright future moving up in the, in the deal. Um, he deserved the opportunity. That seems to be the feedback me and my wife have gotten most of. They were really glad to see somebody who they thought deserved it, who needed it, got the opportunity. Um, and me and my wife are happy to be part of it. And that, and, that, and that's really cool to us too because we we've talked about it oh, on so many occasions that you don't always see the guys that just have the raw talent getting the good rides. You see the guys that are bringing money, you know, can pay to get in a car. But this is a case where the guy's talent showed off and is getting him a ride that can really, in my opinion, take take him obviously to the next level, but be at the top of that next level. So that's 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 so awesome. Yeah, he he definitely deserved the opportunity. I'm I actually I'm really surprised that he never got it. Me too. Um, he certainly, he is certainly deserving. Um, much like any sport out there, there, there is always going to be that group of individuals who really could have been the next big thing that never got the opportunity because the resources and the timing never lined up. Um, I, I think Max Blair certainly can be 
uh, a top 10 driver in the country and the right opportunity at the right time um, and, and being able to go to the right races where where that matters. Um, yeah, we are we are going to go to the dream here in a couple weeks. Um, I think I've got about 15 or 20 national events scheduled around this UL, the ULMS schedule. He was committed to running. So you'll see you'll see Max at the dream, both 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 sections of the dream. Um, he'll, he's going to run the world. He's going to run that I, that five day IED national deal with the Lucas. Um, he's going to go to Texas Motor Speedway for that 50,000 to win in September. And he's going to go to Las Vegas for that 50,000 to win the week after Charlotte. So there there will be plenty of opportunities this year to see Max Blair in primetime moments on, on on really big stages this year, even before next year. That's awesome. For sure. Something else I want to talk to you about. Um, our friends over at SRI and, and you at Viper Motorsports have now partnered up. Tell us a little bit about that partnership. Well, um, I, I knew SRI, knew of them, uh, and, and a really a great group of people. When I when I owned the Barry Wright House Car Program last year, I was introduced to them um, at, at, at PRI. Um, just really good people. Uh, a lot of resources in the sport. Um and we we partnered up to do to do some work together as far as uh obviously you can see them market on the race car and they they do a lot to help us with the the parts and what they can do and what their, their offerings are at sri between all the things they have available between stock car steel supplies um the race part section like they they've got a lot going on they have they have a lot to offer race teams as far as their expanding products go um so that that really is the partnership right now. Um, we're hoping it grow, obviously grows into bigger and better things, but um, they they like us, we like them. Um, uh, we're, we're in constant communication, and they're doing a lot right now to promote the sport. Uh, their their involvement is is large, and and obviously it's it's growing every day. So uh, we're we're certainly happy to be a part of that team SRI ordeal and. Hopefully, a, a long-lasting relationship for sure. Tell us, tell me real quick, what it means from like I, I know you probably saw it when the World Outlaws ran at um ran at uh Bristol here. Uh, uh was that about a month ago now? I guess. Um, when you see a company like SRI putting up just money for a redraw bonus, they put up a five hundred dollar re redraw bonus. What does that mean to a car owner? Uh, well. For somebody who absolutely hates redraws, um, I I would be very happy if they would put up the money for the guy who draws the last pill in the hat because that's most likely to be me. Um, but the fact that they're willing to do that and it's not even race related as far as like physically a car on the track doing something is is really awesome. Like I said. The, we have to find ways to get more money into people's pockets. Cause trust me when I tell you every dollar we win and dollar we get from sponsor money, it's not going in anybody's pocket. It's going right back into the sport through parts, tires, fuels, maintenance, equipment up. It, it, it's going back into the sport, pit passes, entropies, whatever you want. It's going back into the sport. So every team can afford to run more races if they have more resources and little things like that make a difference. Um, I, I, it's great to see somebody step up 
and put money in places you normally don't see it. That's right. That's right. Like this weekend, part of the sponsor money this weekend for the Billy Vasic Memorial is actually going to pay the heat race winners. And it's at, there's actually $250 to the fourth place finisher in each B main, the first car who didn't qualify. Wow. That's... So the, the first car that doesn't qualify normally gets $110 show up money or, or tow money. Right. They'll now leave with 360 being the last car out. Man, I'm going to tell you what, that's, that's big. It'll pay for some pit passes and stuff like that. And that's, that's, that's big. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, you see these, you see these people uh, talking about, you know, if, if you want to help a driver out, go 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 to the track sometime and just before they get there, if, you, if you're in the area, go put some money towards them getting in, in the pits to, and paying for pit passes and stuff. I'm going to tell you what, I've seen guys get there and, and somebody say, oh, somebody already paid for your pit passes. And, and I mean, they're, they're, they're just shocked because that's a, that is a huge help for some weekends for some guys. I think the outlaw entry fee is $125 now. Is that right? I think so. So if if there's 50 scheduled events for the world of outlaws, and say if the, what would you say the average pit pass across the board is $35, depending on some states, some are 40, some are 30, some yeah, are 35, yeah. $35 a good. Yeah. Most most teams take four, an average of four people. That include your driver to the track. Is that is that a pretty fair number? Sounds right to me. So at thirty five dollars times four people, that's one hundred forty bucks plus one hundred twenty five. It's two hundred sixty five dollars a night. If you times that by fifty, you would if you wanted to have your pit passes and entry fees paid to run the entire World of Outlaw season for someone to pay that, you would need a thirteen thousand two hundred fifty dollars sponsor just to pay for your pit passes and entry fee to run the races. Wow, Jesus. <laughs> This is why I like Sean. This is why I like the owner's perspective. They they give us the hard numbers. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's depressing when you think of it like that. I mean, how many? I mean, you know how hard sponsors are to come by in the sport. Much much less when you get into five digit sponsorships and and things like that. But in in all reality, you're you're talking about thirteen over thirteen thousand dollars for that type situation. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I I've got it calculated down to where on average, like you. Like we just said, you're talking about $35 times four to get in. You're at 140 bucks. You add in the the the, the entry fee. It's another. It's 265. Um, the odds are probably people are going to eat at the racetrack because you know, you know, the Outback Steakhouse isn't going to deliver that food to the racetrack <laughs> most nights. So um, you're 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 probably going to have another 50 bucks involved in in feeding people there. We figure as car owners, you're probably at $10 a lap on an engine. You know, you, you have run an average of 65 to 70 laps a night of the 50 lap race. You run 50 in the feature. You'll run 10 for a heat. You'll run three or four hot lap, two for time trial. You add in some miscellaneous laps for cautions. Um, you're you're going to be right around $700 in, in lap money as far as maintenance on the motor. Wow. Um, you probably figure you're going to go through $125 of race fuel a night. Um, what do you, what do you guys think is a fair number for wear and tear on equipment? Cause parts don't last forever. Everything has a shelf life. So eventually at some point you're going to have to buy a new frame. You're going to put new lowers on new ball joints. You're going to bend a wheel here and there. Like what do you, what do you think a fair number is per night for just wear and tear on your stuff? Ooh, I, ooh. 
Uh, I, 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 I was going to say four or five hundred dollars. That's what I was going to say. We'll go low and put four hundred dollars on it. So Hoosier just recently came out and said even deal tires for the for the with the late models, the price was going up because of supply and uh, the supply and demand with the shortage and, and the cost of materials. So you're, I think, you know, average hundred. Let's just say, I think it can I think the new price is one forty seven on a deal tire for uh, for for deal tire racers. So you figure you're going to bolt on at least you're going to go, you're going to burn through at least six tires a night. If it's a, if it's a really good night, you're going to go through six tires. You're going to bolt four on the start tonight. You're going to put on, you know, a, a new right rear, new left rear, maybe new right front, you know, maybe seven, maybe six. We'll go light in and say six. So 147 times six, another 882. You add that to the other 1540, just in those little bit of numbers that we just talked about to run a, to run a sanctioned world of outlaws event or Lucas events, it doesn't matter whose event it is. It, just say, say that's an event with an entry fee and, and what have you. Right. You're talking about $2,422 to drop the lift gate on your truck and trailer. Golly. Most of the drivers are paid. Right. So, you know, let's, what's the average percentage for a driver out there? What, I mean, I, 30 to 50 percent somewhere that's what i would guess but i have no clue <laughs> so we'll we'll cut it in the middle we'll we'll cut it in the middle we'll we'll go 40 percent if you're going to a four thousand dollar to win race and your driver wins it what basically happens if your driver's getting paid 40 percent at which is which is a fair number a really good driver earned his right absolutely it's a fair number but when a car owner goes to a four thousand dollar to win a bet the car owner is only racing for $2,400. The driver's racing for $1,600. Wow. The car owner is not racing for $4,000 to win. Right. So just like when you go to a $10,000 to win event, it sounds like a tremendous amount of money. But if your driver's getting 40%, the car owner's running for six and the driver's running for four. And then- so if you're, if you're at $2,200 to $2,400 to drop the lift gate on your trailer to do it right, expense – Counting for all those things like motor maintenance, equipment maintenance, pit passes, everything is involved. If a car owner goes to a $4,000 to win race and they win the race, the car owner broke even. And that's if nothing goes wrong and they didn't put a scratch on nothing. Wow. <clears throat> and that's not counting the uh, fuel to get there, the uh, the hauler itself, everything else, man. Didn't, e- didn't even account for the truck and trailer fuel. Golly. Sean, so it- you're, you're, when a $4,000 to win race comes up, and it, it looks like, hey, that's a hefty purse for a late model show. Just remember, at the end of the day, the car owner is hoping he goes home broken even, and that's only if he's the guy that won the race. Sean, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm glad you love the sport. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> you got to love it. You- that's why I say that we, we need car owners, and we need car owners who love the sport. We, we need sponsors who love the sport. We need racers. We need, we need every factor of it because I don't, I don't think – I don't think the average fan who's never had a piece or a part of or has been associated to a car owner scenario, it completely understands to the fullest extent exactly how expensive it is to go to take your race car to the racetrack that night. Um, That, but that, that, like I just went through the numbers with you, you added them up with me. That's what it legitimately cost. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's insane. And that's 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 to go win the race. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, that is to win the race. 
Yeah, that's not Jesus. That's not running mid pack there. No. Whew. Oh no! The, unfortunately, <laughs> you can have a really good night and run sixth through tenth and have a really good night, and the car owner probably took some level of a bath. Golly. As a car owner, you need a driver who watches out for every dollar that's spent. They make every piece of equipment stretch as far as it can without putting yourself in a vulnerable point of, of falling out of races because it breaks. Um, and takes immaculate care of your equipment. You have to have that as a car owner to survive in this sport. You definitely do. And I, and I, and I, I think going back talking about your uh, your new driver there, Max Blair. I, I think looking at him over the past year, few years, running a family owned team, um, I think he's I, th- I think he's a man that's good at that. Uh, he's he's kept equipment under him and 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 made the most out of what he has had. I think one of the theories behind the reason he never got a call for a bigger opportunity is because most people, I believe, think he was extraordinarily well funded. It wasn't needed, right? Um, I mean, Max Blair's cars at the tracks over the years always look immaculate. They're well cared for. Every piece of equipment they have looks new, whether it is or not. They run in the front. They win races constantly. There's there's just not very many nights where Max Blair goes and races somewhere and um, where, where he typically has what somebody would call a bad night. Um, a bad night for him over the last couple of years has been when he's run fifth in a regional race. I mean, what a tragedy that is, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um But then when you look at there, there's a perfect example of when it comes to a family owned team, all the money stays with the the owner and the driver are the same person or someone like myself, who's a car owner. If the race pays 4,000 and it's, it's, it's that scenario, family owned team. And that 4,000 comes back and all the owner and the driver are the same person. So it all goes in the same place. Right. But at the same token, they're also paying all of their own bills. That's right. So when you have a car owner involved and a driver gets a percentage, which, uh, however that works best for that team, um, every night you go somewhere, whatever the purse is, is never truly the purse for that car owner. Right. Uh, So that most people have never looked at it that way until I've said it that way. All right, everybody. Y'all just got a racing economics 101 lesson. So, so I hope y'all had y'all's pen out and wrote it down. <laughs> so, so once y'all all figure out how to make plenty of money to fund these cars, then get your car out on the track because it's going to take a dollar or two. And we know where those dollars or two come from is sponsors. Sean, tell us who all uh, y'all got on the car helping y'all. We know we, know we talked about SRI, but who else y'all got on the car helping Um, Base Racing Fuel, uh, Paul Hollander with Base Racing Fuel. They're a huge supporter of our program. Um, Shirley Paving, a, a, a blacktop and truck, uh, small trucking outfit, uh, South Jersey. They do a bunch of help stable construction. Uh, LaBoy Express, uh, Mobile One, uh, C&J Dairy. Um, wow, it's uh, usually this is Max Blair getting the microphone put in his face to to, to ring these <laughs> off in, in, in Victory Lane to to do that. So. Um, Bachman Trucking, uh, Davis Diesel Service, Swift Springs, uh, Garrett Smith Performance, uh, Murphy Logging, um, ATC Site Construction, MT's Transport, Hoosier Tire, uh, DMI, Poncho's Racing Products, uh, 
Previtz Auto Rec, increased side auto sales, specialty products, the, uh, excess fabrication, Viper risk management, uh, Clemens House of Power, and a close racing supply, Roy's Body Shop. I mean, there, there, are, there are a ton of people who were involved in this that all help make this program go. Um, it takes a village. And, and I'm telling you, it takes every bit of it. It takes all of them. Man, that's that has really been a lesson to us. I'm gonna tell you, and and that's awesome that that you're all, y'all were able to partner up with such good businesses like that, and um, and and keep this program going and and doing it as well as y'all do because over the past few years, especially, and I know longer than that, but over the past few years, Viper Motorsports has been a a great team, and I I think going forward now it's going to be even better myself. Well, I think Max Blair is going to surprise some people when he gets to a national stage on a more consistent basis. Um, he's, a, he's had spurts of moments. He's been in that stage and performed very well. But shortly here coming, he's going to be on a national stage on a pretty regular basis, and I don't think he's going to disappoint. Well, man, I'm going to tell you what. I can't wait to watch it, and I uh, can't wait to see what all kind of good things he's going to have going on because I feel they're coming. and it's it's coming soon and uh so sean this has been awesome man and uh man we appreciate it and i'm gonna tell y'all what for the rest of the year and going into next year which i hope to be talking to y'all again um soon and probably be talking about some wins coming up here real soon and but man we sure appreciate you coming and hanging out with us for a while and uh and, and giving us a good lesson on on the economics of racing here no, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. I wanted to I want to share one last piece to the equation yeah, with man. Max that uh, that that it, it it's again some people don't understand how some of these things actually happen. Like I told you, ten minutes before I called Max Blair is when I found out I was calling Max Blair. The most difficult thing we actually had to figure out as a race car team was getting me on board with with the color green. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's bad look, right? I have never had a green on a race car and I've always been told it's like the cardinal sin of racing with green. And then we got this drawing of this car with the green and my wife goes, I really like it. I want to keep it. So of course, at that point I was blackmailed into keeping it. (laughs) And, uh, so this, this having green on a race car is completely wild for me, but that was actually the hardest part of the whole thing. Well, I'm just going to say, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I understand the, the look thing behind it, but I can't say anything because I was born on a Friday the 13th and and I have always ran number 13 and still do. Um, So, you know, I can't really say anything about that as far as look-wise, but I'm just saying green's the color of money. So, I mean, apparently that car's going to go out there and make some money. You know, that just gave me a whole new perspective on that color green. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. I'll take it. <laughs> if, if that, if that car wins a whole bunch of money, that's what that green's going to stand for. We're going to be okay with that. Just, just, just put some dollar signs around them, uh, around them numbers. That'll be all right. <laughs> I, I can live with the green at that point. The green looks fine, looks good. It was just so different for me. I that was really the hardest part of the whole thing for me was the green. Man, I'm gonna tell you, I, when the drawings came out of that car, and actually seeing it now, man, that is one of the sharpest looking race cars I've there seen is. on the on the track ever, yeah. in my opinion. In, in private, you may get me to, to actually admit that the car looks cool, but in the public, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. 
<laughs> well, when we catch you at the track next time, we'll have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the car looks really good. It, it was Max's thing, and um, it, it's it, he's been so good for so long. You don't want to do anything to really tweak what he's doing, and so the superstitions of racers and um, you know, I I just sort of said, hey, we'll we'll go with it. You know, um, so far so good. I mean, we've raced twice. Um, he, he almost won the very first night out at Sealands Grove. We ended up second. We had a good seventh place showing the place. He's never been at Hagerstown last week on a pretty difficult track to pass. And, um, tonight he's at McKean County. He won time trials and he won his heat race and he's starting somewhere in the top six in the feature. I'm just waiting for the results to come out. So he's, he's running well again tonight. So, um, no, so far, so far, so good. And, um, again, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, I hope it was. I hope it was educational, like you said, for some of the <laughs> listeners to this thing, to, to the car owner's perspective, because it's a, we always, there's always drivers or, or other people on here. Very seldom do you ever hear it from a car owner. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah, we, we really don't. And that's, that's what's really cool. And, uh, our buddy, Randy Keene, he texts me, he's like, man, he's like, you need to get Max Blair on. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see if we can line it up. I was, I was like, find me his number and we'll get him on. He said, then he takes me back a little way later. He said, well, you need to get Sean on first. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, we can do that too. That sounds great to me. <laughs> Give me his number. <laughs> no, it, it's been it's been a blast. I appreciate it. Um I think uh Matt, you know, Max is racing all weekend this week and he's got four nights of racing this weekend. I think I think you're gonna try to catch up to him Monday or Tuesday, but um again, thank you. It's been a blast. I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Pretty cool with Sean to call in, hang out with us for a long while there, and uh, and uh, yeah. give us an economics lesson in the yeah, sport it's perfect, of man. racing. Well, we uh, he answered a lot of questions. We've been well, he, wondering he, he for a long time. Did he definitely did? But you know, the cool thing about, it, like you said before, we've had spotters, we've had drivers, we've had other fans, we've had you know all that. Well, engine <clears throat> builders, yeah. So it's really cool to have a uh, a, a owner come on. And it really puts it into perspective what they have to go out there and do, man. It's unreal. It's, and we've always said that. You know, how that the how do they afford to go out there and run the way they do with the, the, the total homes they have and, you know, just the expense? How do they do it? Well, he explained it, and I still don't understand how they do it. I really don't. And, because they love it. That's why. <laughs> I mean, 100%. And that's why you see – you know, 30, 40 sponsors on, on, on a dirt car now, you know, I mean, they get everything they can to help out and, and it takes all that. It takes every sponsor that, that comes on board, big or small. So, um, it's important that, you know, that everybody, you know, really appreciates that and goes to these, these, these races and supports them and, uh, and, and, you know, try to get that purse up a little bit more to help these guys out because you know, like he said, how much it costs to go just to unload. Um, man, dude, you got it's a lot of these smaller races. You got to go win a race to break even. Like he said, that's crazy. I just love it that he was able to break it down to per lap, per what lap. it costs <laughs> to run a car. Yeah. That that's, that is no in your your sport there. Oh yeah, for sure. It's depressing. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, but it, well, it can be depressing. But you just that, that at that point you know how much you need, right? You yep. you know what you're working with, know what you need, and let's go out there and make it happen. And he has made it happen. 
and now with uh Max Blair on board and coming on and, and Max was a guy me and Sterling talked about uh, a few years ago. We we um what was that? 18 I think it was. I think it was 18. That we yeah. decided we were going to go up to the uh Dirt Me and when it was up there in Mansfield that he talked about there. Um Max I didn't really know who Max Blair was then, honestly. No, because he was up. He was a he was a northern dude and yeah. didn't come down here much, and, you know. But they had that fan vote to guarantee somebody into the race, and all of a sudden, Max's name was on top of the board down there. Yeah, or up there, <laughs> But uh, so we kind of started noticing him then, and then I've, you know, kind of kept up with him ever since. And I'm telling you, dude's a wheel man. He definitely is, and and. Kind of like Sean said too. There, I've always noticed when we see him at the racetrack, his his equipment, everything is, I mean, perfectly clean. And every time he come off the racetrack, everything's yes got its place and just very organized, which I really like because I'm kind of a organized freak as well. Neat freak, neat Ooh. freak, whichever you want to call. <laughs> um, so I like that. I you know I I pay attention to those things a lot too. And you know, does it really matter? To some people, probably not. To me, it does, and and I think it does to Sean as well because he likes that. He likes seeing that, and um, you know, Max having his own equipment and and you know, learning to race, having to take care of his own equipment for so long, I think also helps when him coming over to Viper now because he's going to bring that same outlook on it to take care of his equipment, not just coming in. I got a big money deal here, whatever, whatever. I'm gonna come and if I tear up, whatever, it don't matter because they're going to be replacing it. That's not the way he is, and uh, I think that's going to go a long way with him and, and get him up in this in the in the, in the the bigger series um, with some strong equipment, man. See what he can do. For sure. I think he's a uh, – I think especially next year when they when they hit that World Outlaw Tour full force there, he's going to be a uh, – he's going to be a force to be reckoned with then. No, oh, yeah. It's good equipment. Sure. Yeah. Good driver. Driver and owner seem to be on the pay- same page there, so uh, it's going to be good stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, good-looking race car, man. I swear it is. Dude, I, I, that thing looks nasty. I, lo- I, I love it. I do, too. It's a really good-looking car, so uh, definitely go uh, keep an eye on him. Um, I know he ran a few times over the weekend, and uh, that's a pretty good look there. Yeah, Max uh, come off at Wayne County with the win on Saturday night this past week in the ULMS series up there. And then uh, Sunday, back with the ULMS at uh, Tri-City, come brought home a second place. So uh, he's still on his uh, winning ways up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that dude, I'm going to tell you what, if you look on his website, look at his stats, just the races he's won, like Sean was talking about there, but... Dude has won multiple championships in one year. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm telling you, man, he uh, <laughs> he is deserving of a national tour ride for sure. Oh yes. So oh, yes. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he does there, and um, we'll be rooting him on. Sure will. Well, y'all heard all the talk there about uh racing at Port Royal. So the uh, World Outlaws was at Port Royal this past weekend. Um. Well, I know Chris Madden was. Is anybody? There? I don't know if anybody else really was, but Chris Madden was there because he he swept the weekend in dominating fashion. They said, "Yeah." Um, but before that, there was some more news come out that really, I guess, it kind of surprised everybody for the most part. 
But, yeah. uh, but at the same time, we had also talked to him about it before, and I was kind of like, yeah, I could see it happening. Uh, our buddy uh, Kyle Strickler joined forces over there with uh, Scott Bloomquist riding a uh, Bloomquist race car, Team Zero car this week. And yeah. for the foreseeable future, he is going to be in a Team Zero race yeah, car. Yeah, it's going to be here, so that's going to be... Uh it's gonna be interesting, man. I think it could go well. I really do. Um, I think they have two different styles of driving, um, but you know, Strickler's very, very good. Always has been. Well, I don't know really how to look at it. We Kyle Strickler's got the nickname the High Side Tickler, so okay, <laughs> you know, obviously we know where he runs. Um, and does it matter as much? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know how to answer that because does Scott build those race cars to run bottom? I mean, are they designed to have that drive off the bottom like you always see him running? Well, there was an interview came out today that somebody talked with uh, Kyle a little bit, and um, he said he got a lot of driving tips from Scott. So maybe it's... You know, maybe he's looking at it. Hey, maybe I can change up my driving style and really make this work. Yeah, maybe so. But you know, kind of way I look at it is okay. Let's if they're gonna if they're gonna team up and 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 all that. Let's 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 kind of move around that chassis a little bit. Make it to where the car can run top. Well, I agree, but I think the cars can run top. I mean, um, we've seen Chris Ferguson. Yeah, oh yeah, do it. Uh, at Eldor, um, we've seen uh, Ricky in the past when he was running with him. We we seen him him do it himself, run up top and make it work. Um, we say that just because it's not typically typically Scott's driving style. Now I've seen we've seen Bloomquist on top before, but it's just not normally where he. That's not normal. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to Eldor because. Team Zero race cars have a have had a ton of success there. Yeah. Um, Strickler obviously has been been good there. Led a whole lot of laps. <laughs> uh, all of them except for the last one, I believe, uh, last year, and come up short. But um, so I, I I really am looking forward to, to that big weekend. That's gonna be a lot of money there and. Um, you know, you can see you know see a lot of success with that. So hopefully that'll you know really i think that'll probably be their biggest weekend to show kind of what they're capable of there but at the same time as of late Kyle our strickler well he ain't really been he's been struggling here lately but um scott really is either he is he is on he's running good or he is completely 100% off yeah and is that track, is that him getting older, hurting? Who knows? I don't know. But I don't know, man. I don't, I, I, and you look at the other cars. You look at Ricky, and, and there's, there's a lot of other cars there that, you know, can speak differently. But I don't know, dude. It's, it's a lot to kind of wonder what if. How's it going to go? And the personalities there, you know. Um, are they going to clash? I don't know. I mean, you just don't ever know. But would it was Scott crewing on the car. I mean, he obviously knows his stuff. Um, well, I, I think it's just 
me thinking out loud. I don't know any. I have not talked to Scott. Have not talked to Kyle other than just telling him uh, congratulations on you know moving over there. That's really cool. Um, that's that's all we've talked about it. Um, I kind of wonder. I guess if it was uh, Scott, you know, at a point in his career saying, you know, look, I'm not going to run all these races anymore, getting older, whatever. I mean, we all do it. I feel like I'm getting about 90 a few days a week myself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm wondering if he's, you know, looking at it maybe as a different perspective, maybe looking at it as one day being just a car owner or, you know, or, or being an active owner, because you know he would be an active owner, being out there, oh yeah, definitely. probably crewing on the car himself, and l- like he was with uh, Strickler out there. Um, but I, we did find out Strickler bought that car, um, and going to build a couple more, and possibly end up running out of Scott's shop. So that's that's kind of a cool cool deal, I guess. I'm gonna, we're gonna have to talk with him soon, hopefully, and uh. See what's going on with it there, but uh, that was that <laughs> was that's kind of some big news there in the in the dirt world. I guess that was uh, anything that ever goes on with Scott Bloomquist is always big news. In the yeah, he draws attention. Yeah, he, he always does for sure. But whether it's positive or negative, whatever, yeah. it's, it's it's attention. Yeah, definitely. So. Fortunately, this was positive. I think. Oh yeah, I think it definitely is. You know, there's a lot of good things that can happen there, but um. If Scott can focus on crewing on a car or focus more on chassis, focus more on that side of it versus having to do everything, because I mean we've seen him at the racetrack, dude. His, well, I, don't, I don't know if it's him or why, but about every time we ever see him, there's, there's a different couple guys that come with him. Well, he's exactly like us. I, I, I mean, to an extent, he's exactly like us. It's, if you want the job done right, do it yourself. Right, and you know, and I'm all for that to an extent, but there's at his age and as fast as turnaround stuff is, and I mean, dude, like we've said it before, you go to Dagum World of Outlaw Race, they don't even stop. I mean, no, a lot of times, a lot of drivers don't get out the car sometimes. Right, I mean, so there's especially from hot laps to heat races. So it's very tough for him to be able to focus on what all needs to be done and where and all that good stuff. So, um. Well, guess what, people? We got somebody calling in real quick here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we just had a surprise call in here. Max Blair on the phone now. Man, what is going on? No, just got done doing a whole bunch of washing today. <laughs> Was it a little dirty from the weekend, man? Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> good deal. Oh, good stuff, man. Well, first of all, congratulations on the... Uh, uh, on on a few things, man. Uh, awesome weekend. Looked like it turned out pretty good. Win on Saturday night, and then a second place on Sunday there. Yeah, it turned out to be a pretty good weekend. Uh, started out a little rocky, but it come around to be all right by the end of it. Good deal. It's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, so also. Big news that came out, uh, you teaming up with Viper Motorsports. Tell us how that kind of came about. Uh, he just kind of called me out of the blue, honestly. Um, I, I never expected it. I know that. He he called and talked about it for a little bit. And, um, you know, he asked if I was interested, and obviously I was. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to get in the full swing of things here. 
That's cool, man. Uh, yeah, that's what uh, Sean told us uh, the other night when we talked to him. He's like, man, he said, I had no intentions on hiring Max. And and, and then and within a five-minute span, he's hired and ready to drive the car. So that's, that's, a, pretty good, that's a pretty cool story, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it really is a dream come true. I've been wanting, wanting an opportunity like that since I was a little kid. And, uh, you know, I, I can't thank Sean and Lisa enough for, for believing in me and, and giving me the chance to go out here and see what we can do. Well, man, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a good team up there you got going on with, with Viper and Sean and, um, I think that's going to be a good deal, man. That's a that's always been a strong car, and like we talked to Sean about, um, it's not a big learning curve at all for you either because y'all y'all run the same chassis, the rockets, and 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 same engine combination. So, uh, you think that's going to work out to your advantage? Yeah, I do. It's uh, that's one of the nicest parts about it is is just the fact that most of the stuff is the exact same stuff that I'm I'm super familiar with, and uh, you know. It, it's going to make the, the transition much smoother, I think. I think so too, man. That's 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 really cool. So uh, let's go back on your your racing career just a little bit. Where where did you get started in racing, and uh, when was it? Uh, I started racing when I was fifteen. Um, in two thousand five, I ran an E mod just around the house, and then uh, I ran a steel block late model the year after that, and then got into crate cars. Um, we ran ran crate cars for quite a while, and then. Uh, would have been in 2014 would have been when I first started running supercars. Good deal, man. And it's been all uh <laughs> all downhill from there, you know. I mean, it's been it's turned out great for you. Man, you've had a lot of wins yeah. over the years. Yeah, it's uh we've been super fortunate. Uh, I've had a, a good group of people behind me and uh we've had a, a pretty good few years here. So, hopefully we can we can keep that momentum rolling into some bigger things coming up. I see it, man. I see it, and and y'all announced y'all you were going to be running for rookie of the year next year in uh in, in the World Outlaw. Uh, how, how does that even feel, knowing how long you've been around and running, and uh and all of a sudden saying you're a rookie at something uh something that you were definitely a veteran at, veteran at and running race car, but but going on a tour like the World of Outlaws tour and going going for your rookie year. Yeah, I just I can't wait. I really can't. It's something I've always wanted to do. Literally, I've, I've dreamt of doing it for a long time. You can go back and, and listen to a bunch of interviews over the years, and I've always said if I could write my own story, I'd be out there running the World of Outlaw deal, running for Rookie of the Year. And uh, I, now I'm going to have that opportunity with a, with a, you know, a very good team and, and a bunch of great people behind me, and, and I, I can't wait to, to get going. Good deal, buddy. Good deal. Well, also a, a partnership uh, come about in all this. Um Viper Motorsports teaming up with SRI Performance, which is good friends of ours, good partners of ours. Um, man, Vi- uh, Viper and SRI, just great people, it seems like, to us. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit of your relationship there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, I, same deal. I, I can't wait to uh, to work together and, uh, you know, build on that relationship and, and, and keep on going. I uh you know, I'm kind of new to all of this, so it's going to take me a little bit of time to get in the swing of how everything works with, with everything. But uh, everybody seems like great people um, with all the conversations I've had. And I just can't wait to get going. There you go, man. That's what it's all about. Relationships in this business will take you a long, long way. Well, good deal, man. Well, 
we don't want to take a whole lot of your time, but just want to tell you congratulations. And uh, what what you got coming up next? Uh, so this weekend we got a we're gonna race four days: uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, all the uh, ULMS races here around the house. Um, I kind of I already had a commitment this year to run that whole that whole series, and then uh, my wife and I just had a baby girl last week. So with uh, with everything going on around the house and, and making this this change mid-season, you know, uh, we decided to, to continue on and run the full ULMS tour this year like I had planned before we branch out and do the outlaw deal next year. So we'll finish out that deal. Um, we got four four of those races this weekend, and then uh, over the course of the next month here, we're going to quite a few outlaw races and stuff. So. There you go. Well, good deal, man, and congratulations because uh, – we, <laughs> you got your hands full now. It would not, not with just a new race deal with a new, new baby there at the house. Oh yeah, we made this change. Made this change mid season. Just had a newborn. We got a three year old at home. It's been a hectic month, but man, I'm believe me when I tell you, I'm not complaining. It's a dream come true. I, I, I can't wait. I'm just gonna say, I watched a video of your little boy. He, uh, I love the way you, you've taught him numbers by by race car drivers. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> He's one of the biggest biggest race fans you'll ever meet. The kid loves it, which is obviously super cool to me. And uh, he's got oh heck, I don't know what he's got now. Somewhere around forty five, uh, like the, the little mini late models. And uh, if he's got forty five of them, he can name me probably forty of them by by name. So he, he's got a couple he struggles with a little bit, but he's he's pretty good at it. I got a couple I struggle with too. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome, man. Well, congratulations again. And uh that's 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 so awesome getting to see you uh being able to to take on this new deal and I think that's going to be a uh a great relationship there cuz that's good people. Just good people. I, I just I, lo- I love seeing good people get together and and creating something awesome. No, I I appreciate it. And like I said, I I can't thank everybody, at, you know, with Viper Motorsports and Viper Risk Management Group, Sean and Leach, and just everybody in house for, for believing in me and giving me this opportunity. It, uh, it means the world to me and my family, and um, just we're really excited to get going. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming on here tonight and giving us a little bit of time, and uh, congratulations again, and uh, good luck going into uh, the rest of the ULMS series and um and all the upcoming stuff, and hopefully we'll have you back on soon talking about some more wins, man. Yeah, I hope, I hope you're right. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, the new pilot of the Viper Motorsports ride, number 111, Max Blair, 111V, actually. We thought we was going to have him in. On? Then we didn't think we was going to have him on. Then we, here he come again. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool, man. He Glad was, to uh, get him on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely really cool. And um, he has some uh, engagements he had to take care of, which was uh, definitely understanding for sure. So Oh, yes. Worked out well. For sure. So, anyway, back a little bit of dirt racing. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. It's kind of that uh, time of year that you start hearing the silly season talking. Uh, that's more of it. And um, so we'll we'll be, we'll have our ears open. Some something else that kind of happened this weekend. Uh, that hadn't happened in a little while. Oh, Earl Ramey's son Derek Ramey got back in a super late model 
at Carolina Speedway in the Carolina Clash Series. And let me tell you what them Earl Ramey Racing Engines did. First race out, <laughs> and I don't think he's run since a super since in the last year. I think been a while. Been a while. Uh, goes out fourth fastest. Boom, right there. <laughs> they got it going on, man. They do. I that's, swear they do. That's that Earl Ramey horsepower there. Well, like we said, everywhere, and th- this week's no different. Every week, you see <laughs> Earl Ramey racing or Earl Ramey's motors uh, in Victor Lane every week, and you know Derek obviously has not um, shot off from talent. I mean, obviously, no, no. he not he not rust off pretty quick if there was any, and uh, right back at it, and and uh, to, to see that motor having the power. I mean, he builds everything. We like we've already said, but you know. You see more crate motors and stuff from Derek that are awesome motors. Earl. I mean, from Earl, <laughs> excuse me. Thinking Derek. And then uh, get a super motor out there and do that, man. It's just uh, it's cool. Freaking it's really cool. So Derek ran great, had some had some trouble during the race. Uh, not motor-related at all, <laughs> but had some trouble in the race. Uh, he's going to be at Lakeview over here our way. Unfortunately, we ain't going to be able to go to it. Kind of unfortunately, but we actually going a little, little. Well, I'm going on a mini vacay, I guess. You going on a full vacay? Yeah, I'm going on a week, seven day. I can't wait. Either. I, I'm gonna come visit you on the first couple days. <laughs> come on. But uh, anyway. So also, but he Derek's gonna be over here at Lakeview this weekend, back in the Carolina Clash Series. See if he can get it done at Lakeview this weekend. I think he'll be having it ready to rock. Um, also, another one I want to point out, I mean, there was, like we say every week, you look on Facebook, you see Earl Ramey Racing Engines <laughs> winning, winning everything. Um, one that I thought just stood out to me this week, Jeremy Steele uh, at, I think at Modoc, I think it was, is where he was. Um, decided to go run, finished second. Well, Apparently something really stood out. Well, this thing. If you know your car's handling, you got Earl Ramey racing engine in your car. Yeah. Which Jeremy still has been running for a long time. If if you know your car's handling and somebody's just out motoring you, you probably gonna you probably know that person's running something illegal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what happened was Jeremy protested the the winner. Well, when he did, and this is how, this when you really know they're illegal, when they back protest you. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. They grass them for straws, bro. Exactly. So they did that. Well, they tore them all down, and guess what? <laughs> the uh the the guy who went in victory lane got called illegal. So Jeremy ended up with the win. They protested him and found it all one hundred percent legal. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that was awesome. So uh, J- Jeremy put some uh, pictures on Facebook earlier. Saw it. Uh, he had the car. He says wash day, but without the heart. Without the heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then Earl puts a picture on there with his motor all tore down sitting there. <laughs> so uh, put put Earl to work, make him put it back together. But that's just proof there that uh, Earl Ramey's got some power over there. Yeah, no so, doubt. Uh, and uh. 
as we say always, make sure you not only when you get your get your heart of your car there in it, get the car back over to Earl's and get it on the chassis dyno and and uh, see what it's really got. See what it's got to the wheels. Put make some more work on it. Make some more to the wheels. You well, need that's it. it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Well, on to the asphalt side of things. I reckon. Um, there was some more. There was some news over there this week. Uh, probably one of the biggest ones that came out on the asphalt side this past week was. Looks like Brad Keselowski is going to be headed to Roush in an ownership role mm. and driver in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I, and that's not really a surprise to me, really. Nah, well, I think the ownership is kind of surprised. I, I I expect him to go somewhere, but ownership is a little bit surprised to me. Well, it kind of seemed like I mean, back when he had the truck, you know, he it, it's kind of like he he wanted that role, but I guess it just wasn't financially smart then. Um, but you know, he bought that. He's got that other company, right? Or does he still have it? I don't know. Yeah, he he's he got a few companies. Yeah, he's got a pile of stuff. So. He he runs some components company, I think, right. or owns a components company that I think sells stuff back to NASCAR. Wow! So he's making a killing at that, probably. Yeah. Which is what, which is which, which kind of makes sense because uh, they had a uh, product supplier list for uh, the next gen car. Yeah. And there was a few things on there supplied by Roush okay. for everybody's car. Cool. So. Well, I kind of feel like that—that's the way he wanted to go—is getting to a ownership role. And I mean, he's still young by all means, um, but at some point, I guess, leaning over that way more. And but I really do hope he can bring some kind of fire back over there at Roush because it's not really been much lately. Well, yes, you are correct, and. I was a Roush fan, I guess you say, back when Mark Martin was there years ago. I was just yeah. always a Mark Martin fan. I liked Mark Martin. He was a good driver. Um, I, I like Carl Edwards a little bit, too. He was pretty cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Um, But after they left, I was kind of, eh. And Roush has been kind of, uh, since then. They've been very, uh. <laughs> very, uh. And it's not that I want to be a Roush fan again, I just want there to be a lot of competitive cars on the track. Well, I want, yeah. I mean, and, and and I think this timing probably works out with Brad being that the next gen car is coming in. Yeah. And he knows going over in that, that they're, they should be just as competitive as everybody else. Yeah. Being, I mean, they should, but <laughs> because they're going to have the exact same thing that every other Ford has in the field. Right. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot different as far as the car goes and and and, and affordability and the the engineering side of it is gonna be from what I can understand is gonna be a lot more limited. But I just don't. They say it is. I just don't see how it can be, because we've said it before. When these big teams like Roush, Gibbs, all these, when they save money. But they complain about a traveling the traveling crew costing them too much money, so they cut a, they they cut people down on the traveling crew. 
But then yet they go hire three more engineers to sit at the... Yeah. I mean, come on now. So I don't... I, they say this car is going to be cheaper to operate and cheaper for the teams, but you know Goodwill, they're going to put it somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be money, but I, I just don't think... I think that the engineers and stuff like that are probably really going to be hands-on for a little while because they're going to be looking to find what they can do because supposedly they're going to have a very limited box to play in. And so I think the engineer's role isn't going to be necessarily car set up so much as it has been lately because, in my opinion, crew chiefs don't really set up the car anymore. No. They kind of literally do what it says. They just tell the crew what to do for the most part. Um, It's all engineer-driven. Um, I really think that's going to put the engineers in that small box that they have that they have trying to exploit every possible opportunity there is with that car. And I, I don't know. I hate it's a double-edged sword because I loved it back in the day when Ray Everham was doing the crazy stuff he was doing on Jeff Gordon's car. Oh yeah, I loved that. Because it was out there, it was thinking outside the box, it was different then. Right. But, I guess I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, and it, I don't like the engineers just picking and doing every little thing they can looking for a ten thousandth of a second. I don't know. It's just, it's overkill to me. Well, it's just gotten way so, out of hand now. Yeah, so I, 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 I guess I like the engineering, but then I don't like the engineering. So right, it's hard to explain. But I, I think I think the uh, the real race fan that has followed NASCAR, especially many years, knows what I'm talking about. I mean, it was it was different back then. It was different when Ray Everham was making the back of the car three inches longer, and then somehow making it get through tech and oh yeah. <laughs> Smart dude and, and stuff like that. That was that was as different as it is now. I mean, it's I don't know. It's, it's something different about it. That that I just it's not as fun, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. But they were talking. About, I heard something about it the other day. They were talking about Hendrick because they're so limited on who can be at the track now. But they were saying they have a room, um, multiple rooms at the shop at Hendrick. There's like six engineers sitting in each room from each team. Really? During the race? During the race. Wow. And they're, they basically radio over to them. They're in on the radio stuff, everything. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. <laughs> they're not at track, but they got they got the onboard telemetry and everything right in front of them, seeing exactly what's happening, how much steering wheel input, how much throttle input, everything. I mean, it's like they're at the track, but they're in air conditioning. <laughs> That is insane. What is what it's come to now? I mean, yeah, really it's crazy. Th- that's that's the over engineering I don't like. Right. Yeah. For so, sure. Uh. So, yeah. But I will say, uh, speaking of engineering, um, I did see on that list that I was talking about the supplier list. I know they already do it for a lot of the teams out there, but our buddies over at uh, Profab Headers are going to be supplying the tailpipes. It said for that car. Sweet. Yeah. Some bad tailpipes, I like to tell you. They are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our buddy old Andrew Garris over there. Gonna be uh 
hooking them NASCAR teams up. Sweet. So, um, all the uh, asphalt stuff was off to Coda Circuit of the Americas this week. And the one thing happened that I wanted to happen so bad. It hadn't rained here in, I don't know the last time it rained here. No. But it is raining in Austin, Texas. In Austin? Yeah, Austin, yeah, Texas Austin. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Weekend. It, it rained, rain, rain. Great day it rained. And it was awesome because I love to see the cup guys especially. I mean, all of them was in the rain, but I love seeing them out of their comfort zone. I love it because you, they, they whine. Oh, my goodness, they whine. And I'd love to see it. Oh, it was great. Oh, uh, Todd Gilliland ended up winning the truck race. I really thought Sheldon Creed had it wrapped up. And then that, that late race caution. Late race caution come out. And he must have well, not liked the last the stage. It wasn't late race. It was just the last stage. Yeah, but, they had to pit anyway. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the last stage. And he had checked out from him. And then all of a sudden, that last run, she could not make it work. And Todd Gilliland come up there and. And put it on. In my opinion, that was probably the best race of the weekend. Oh yeah, as far as racing wise. Yeah. Um, the uh, Xfinity race. Oh, what did he? What did he call himself years ago? The king of the minor leagues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's proving it again. Yeah. Is he, he still? Is Kyle Busch still saying uh, that once he hits a hundred wins in there, he's quitting? I've heard that before, but I don't know if I don't not know. Not quitting racing, but quitting that series. Quitting Xfinity. Yeah. I don't think sponsors would let him. I doubt it. I doubt it. But uh he's at what, ninety seven now? Ninety six. Ninety seven, ninety eight. Somewhere along, yeah. He's real close. Yeah, he is. And uh but anyway, he checked out I think <laughs> we heard we heard uh we heard them call the win for Kyle Bush. I think they went to commercial. And then come back and call about the rest of the top ten. Yeah, they were <laughs> just crossing long. the line. And I mean, it took a while for everybody to cross the line and and finish that race. Yeah, it took forever. So it was strung out a pretty good bit, but uh, I like it. I like Coda. I think it's pretty cool. Um, glad it got to run in the rain a good bit. Um, the Cup race was. A little, a little more rain involved a little, there. A little wetter, a little, a little more moist. Yeah, it was definitely moist <laughs> there. Um, some of them acting a little fool and not realizing that they got a brake pedal or not had to push the throttle pedal all the way to the floor. I don't know, but they had they had some some <laughs> they tore up some stuff in that for sure. But um, well, like like you just said. They uh, let's let's talk about Martin Truex Jr. I mean, that was, that was probably the big big wreck of the race. They're showing his in car camera, and he is just flying past everybody. You can't see nothing. You can't see nothing. But he but he's is flying by people. Yeah. And then he runs in the back of somebody. Well, what did you think was going to happen <laughs> when everybody else is stopping? Yeah. <laughs> Why is everybody going so slow? Bam. <laughs> Bam. Um, <laughs> Oops. And then all of a sudden, Cole Custer kind of does the same exact thing. Yeah. But he instead of just running to the back of him, he run completely up under him. Right. But see, my thing is that I don't have no sympathy. I'm sorry, but I don't. 
for a lot of these guys, Kevin Harvick whining. Martin Truex, he 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 is the biggest. I like Martin, but he is the biggest whiner. Great day, but I don't have no sympathy for these people talking about. I can't see. I can't drive it. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then the top five, six, seven cars look pretty dumb, daggone good to me. I mean, I mean, okay, what's the difference? You just get it set in your mind that I don't like this, and That's exactly what it is. And they're, just they're not drives run, They're not running out front, so they don't like it. Right, but I mean, you know, Chase Elliott was doing just fine. Um, Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. I mean, yeah, okay, they weren't they weren't back in the pack and probably could see a little bit better. Austin Cindric had the best one of the day. I don't even yeah. know what corner it was. He just comes around, and loops it, lands, lands right back in the groove, and never slows down. Roll with it. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I hated it. It, it. it was raining too hard, and a lot more rain coming. They had to uh, had to call it there. But uh, yeah, but my thing was, we watched it, and I look back at the first of it well, after the Martin Truex uh, Cole Custer wreck. They thought it was still okay to go then. To me, the track didn't look any more wet than it was at that point. No, I didn't see any more standing water, as they were saying. Why? But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know. But um, Especially with the only handful of laps left to go. I'm like, ah, no. Yeah, I wish they would have kept it going there. I think Kyle would have. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson would have uh, done a little bit better in second. Well, finally. I, yeah, I think he would have. Um, I guess Alan Gustafson was just hoping for the exact call that he got because Chase was going to have to pit. He was still going to have to pit and, uh, and, and was somehow still running away from, from Larson there. Yeah, I, I think Larson had a big enough lead on third that he really wasn't worried. From what I could see, he right. really wasn't worried about it because he knew. Just don't spin out. <laughs> right, just kind of take it easy and, and let Chase go and he's going to have to pit. Whatever. Um, I think if he would have, I don't know. I mean, you kind of look back and see, okay, well, Kyle Larson's crew chief's got the same weather screen that Alan Gustafson did. You know, did he think, okay, they're going to call this because it's going to be too much rain, excessive rain or whatever? If so, then I feel like Larson would have went up there and, and, you know, challenged for Lee because he was catching him like crazy and then just, stop so i don't know is what it is um but glad to see the other hendrick car get a get a win this year and hopefully lock lock themselves into the to the final uh or to the playoffs but like we said last week i don't know that that's going to be uh the case with one win this year but um i did like the road course i i i, I love it i like it. it gets it out of their comfort zone like i said so that was cool and um uh, and man, just goes to show you again, Kyle Larson, dude. I mean, dude is a talent in anything he gets in, any type track, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's more proof right there. And uh glad to see it. Yeah. Uh, it really, really, really is. And uh I like the road course race though. Uh, I like you saying, I you should you should not like them too much, but uh Yeah. It's I guess the the weather aspect of it uh is kind of added to it for me because like you said something they're not used to. It's awesome to watch. Right? Yeah, definitely. Sure was. So 
Looking forward to uh, this weekend. They're coming to Charlotte. Uh, like you said, we'll be down at the beach. So we'll be watching uh, from, from down at the beach. We'll watch the 600, all that good stuff. So uh, looking forward to that. We'll probably be recording this show while we're watching it. <laughs> probably so, yeah. Sunday right. night. We'll yeah, be we'll be recording Sunday night. It'll still come out on Tuesday, but we'll be recording Sunday night next week. So, yep. uh, so that'll be be cool. Um, something I saw this past week I showed it at Sterling. Um, y'all probably have seen it. Uh, late models were racing up at um, where were they at? Uh. Berlin and uh, Boris uh, Yorkovic and David Fritz, horrible wreck, head on, and I ain't understood it yet. I think it was, I think it was David Fritz. I want to say, I could be wrong. Somebody was dead last. No lie. Yep, had at least ten, fifteen. The seconds it looked like maybe not quite that much but it was it was a little while to slow up for a wreck literally have to feel the direct on the front straight away well in turn well, one yeah. I think it was and he just comes in there wide open I mean where's the dude spotter at I don't know I mean but regardless of a spotter or not you he, there's no way he didn't he, he had to see it <laughs> I'm telling you they hit head on Boris Yorkovich uh Broke both his legs pretty bad in it. Um, David Fritz was also hospitalized. I know he had surgery. I think it was lower extremities also is what they're saying about that and gave an update on it. I don't know if some of these tracks are not. I don't know. I think they need to be, especially late models, they need to be sure that everybody's radio system is working with their spotter. But like you said, there's no reason they shouldn't have seen this Rick in front of him. He had so much time to see it. Yeah, I, I can't see how he <sighs> And did. I'm just, I mean, I hate it. I mean, I, know, I ain't trying to talk jump because no demand's hurt. But I just don't understand how you don't see this Rick happening and sitting there because everybody was stopped by the time they got there and just come in wide open, head on. Yeah, it makes no sense to me either. I don't know, but um, hopefully they will recover um, without some without any uh, serious longevity injuries, whatever. Um, hopefully they're okay and can get back at it. But uh, yeah, it was a scary thing for sure. Definitely was. That was that was rough, 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 rough. Anyway, so uh, like I said, guys, I reckon uh, what all what, what we got left. Man, I don't know. I think that's about it. I think it's time to eat. <laughs> I smell something. Smell something cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, me love. Me love. Now. <laughs> that's good uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we're good this week. Man, we're looking forward to uh, the... Uh, oh, one thing I got to do, we have to bring up. Wait, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just say I hope everybody enjoys their... Um, their, their uh, uh, weekend, their their it's holiday Memorial weekend. Day. It is Memorial, Memorial Day, day. not Labor Day. Not it's Labor Day. Memorial, it's Memorial Day. day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hope everybody enjoys that and uh, can get them a little time to relax and and um and watch some racing for sure this weekend. For sure, our buddies over at BS Racing, uh, Matt Smith and uh, excuse me, 
They uh, our boys over there in the GNCC stuff. Matt Smith and uh, William Eads, um, got him a fifth place finish this past weekend in GNCC race on their quad there. Um, that's good stuff. Best finish of the year so far. He really done a lot of work on that uh on that Honda. That's a lot. That's a lot to be proud of, dude. Here's there was twenty three. There was twenty three in his class. That's that's tough. That's a tough field. Um, and, and it, it, these guys take that seriously, man. I mean, they. It's a that's definitely a tough field to get in and and to be competitive. I really want to get up one in races one day. We were supposed to go to one and then had something come up. Yep. With with other race stuff that we couldn't make it and. We really got to make it up to one in races one of these days. Yeah, I'd enjoy that for sure. Um, love jumping one of them things, man. I'd jump on, but I couldn't jump off. <laughs> I just keep on going, yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool. Um, also, buddy, uh, if uh, if y'all hadn't listened to it yet this week, make sure to go listen to the Blood Eagle Racing Podcast with uh, our buddies uh, Tyler Loggard and Kale Mabin. Over there. Tyler had a rough weekend. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, he totaled the car. Just got it all fixed up and really turning the corner on because it, because he put a new motor in it and a rebuilt motor in it and got it all set up and somebody come in there and just wiped him out for no reason for third place. Yeah. Man, I hate it. I swear, but it's a race thing, I guess. But it's part of it. Yeah, I hate that, dude. I hate that. So uh, if y'all haven't yet, make sure to go listen to the Blood Eagle Racing Podcast and check them guys out and hear all about it on their show. Um, other bit of cool, cool, cool news from this past weekend was our boy Cole Train, Cole Vanderhaden, picked him up his first... 600 series win there in the micro sprint main win he's won he's won some heat races oh yeah for so sure yeah he, uh, he finally picked up his first first feature win and that was uh that was really cool yeah definitely absolutely i knew it was a matter of time uh they, they have they have definitely dialed that thing in pretty good bit here in the last few weeks so um you look to see a lot more of that coming oh yeah i think it's gonna happen for sure and uh, he, 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 it's, once you get that first one out of the way, the rest of them seem to come a little easier. But you got to work hard for them. But uh, they they will put the time and effort in with that Ford bike ride there with Team Vandy. And uh, if y'all haven't got your summer Ford bite apparel, you better hurry up and get it because it's selling out fast. Because everybody wants some Ford bite. Every racer wants it. So y'all uh, go check out all the all the cool T-shirts. The uh, I saw koozies on there. The other, I mean, we we got some koozies, but they had some uh some of the I don't know what you call them things, but they're like the hard koozie, you know, like the brewmate, I guess you call it, kind of like that. They had some of them on there with four bike logos on them and all that fun stuff for this for your summer enjoyment. <laughs> Go get you some. Get you some. Uh, checkered the race hub. Well, thank them as always. Um, y'all get on some checkered, check out some racing all the time, all racing all the time. Always, we want to thank our buddies over at SRI Performance, uh, keeping you racers running 
because they are your one-stop shop for all things racing. As you heard there with Sean Martin and Max Blair, building new relationships with them guys. And I love to see companies like that giving back to the sport. And they definitely put their trust in, in, in teams like Viper Motorsports to represent their brand out there. And I think this, I think Mac's going to do a great job. Oh yeah, that. no doubt for sure. So, uh, check out SRI performance. Also check out stock car steel way there in Draco Springs. Thanks to our buddy, uh, Randy Keen, RK Motorsports consulting along with SRI. Um, Helping us set up some interviews this week with uh, Sean and Max there. Um, Earl Ramey Racing Engines, as we said earlier, folks. If you need power, he's got your power. All the time. All the time. Also, our Max Solutions, as we say every week. If you got fab needs, you're going to need your fab machines worked on, serviced, and you might need some new ones or used ones. So check out RMAC Solutions, see what they can do for you today in helping you out in all your fabrication needs. Well, I reckon that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. That's a lot, though. <laughs> it's a, a lot. lot. That's a mouthful, that's for sure, which we're very thankful for uh, everybody that, that uh, supports us and helps us out here. And um, We'll keep this thing rolling here for another another week, man. We'll keep going. Here we go. Thank uh, Sean Martin and Max Blair for checking in with us this week. We really appreciate them coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to them more soon about some wins. Yeah, for sure. Definitely so, and uh, ready to get to the track and see them. So y'all be uh, on the lookout for them and uh, give them some love. Maybe we can find a track just a good ride on a motorcycle coming up this summer. Yeah. Go hang out. We'll do it. I ain't parking it on the fence, though. Nah. We're going to have to get some motorcycle covers. For yeah. Oh, show. Huh? <laughs> oh, all right, guys. Well, we appreciate y'all also hanging out with us this week and uh, for another another uh, another episode of this Chicken Bone Alley. So uh, I guess, guys, we will check y'all out next week. Y'all have a safe and fun Memorial Day weekend coming up. Later.